right, welcome to a new episode of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, and you are in for quite the treat this week. Because back from her one-week break, I've got the official historian and translator of the podcast. I have Kirsty in Perth. Kirsty, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm tired, but it's all good. It was it's a, it's a good it was a well worth it tired. So, but that's not the only person we have this week, because also on the line with us, we have the flip flop. Thong, horseshite guru, the Zulu Lulu himself, Matthew in Kansas City. Matthew, are you there? Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it properly now. I was hoping for a better one than that. So, uh, uh, it's still early. Oh, mind you, it's later than what it was last week. Yeah, and you probably got more sleep. I did. I did get a little bit more. Went to bed a little bit earlier and got up. Actually, I got up at the same time. Okay. I thought you guys were really lively last week. I did not yeah, feel like that at all. I was hurt. We got your woo from you. We got Steve kept bursting into song. Yeah, I and told. He would see like more feisty than usual. <laughs> yeah, you guys are morning. Yeah, you could tell. I'm not a morning person. I was definitely. Uh, I had eight hours of sleep last week, and I was cranky. And uh, I probably owe some people an apology, but you know, I don't think they're going to get one. But probably. Probably. If you feel like you're owed an apology, then I'm sorry. So <laughs> you're not going to get it. <laughs> no, uh, no, it was all in good fun. I think the people that, that got, you know, criticized, the person that got criticized the harsh, harshest is a very good sport. Uh, the, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll discuss him in a little bit here. So, uh, so let's get into what we listened to this week. Um, Kirsty, what did you listen to in the past week? Well, to start off with, on Sunday, I did a Christmas in July at home, so we listened to some Christmas music. Um, apart from that, I've listened to Primal Rock Rebellion again. It's mm-hmm. been a little while. Um, lots of Iron Maiden. I listened to A Matter of Life and Death because the CD was still in my car, mainly. Um, but also Killers, The Final Frontier, Summer in Time, and Peace of Mind. Wow. So quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and I've also been playing some of the 90s songs because Gen, the pole guy, has been um, doing a poll on solos. Most of the time I can hear the solos in my head, but not the 90s songs. I didn't <laughs> really know what they were because I'm not as familiar with those albums. But um, yeah. Black Bart Blues and Nodding Donkey Blues have got really good solos, I found out. <laughs> Like shoe shopping with my kids, and I heard Women in Uniform by Skyhooks on the radio in there. And I was like, kids, kids, Iron Maiden covered this. And they didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you you'll like, know that. You'll know Skyhooks. I do. Which um, which version do you prefer? Iron Maiden. <laughs> do you like that song in general, though? Yeah. Maiden. Yeah, I like that as well. But I, I heard that first. I, yeah. I know Skyhooks seem a bit ridiculous to me. Yeah, I remember when we covered that a long time ago, and mm. oh, I thought it was kind of silly the first time. Then I was like, ah, it's not too bad, but I really love the, the Maiden version of that. Paul's awesome in that. Yeah. Um, I will say listen to some Bruce Dickinson. Listen to Balls to Picasso and Accident of Birth, and it's Bruce Dickinson's birthday still today because it's Sunday for all of us. Mm-hmm, it is. Yeah. This makes a change that we're all doing it on the same day. And 
bit, cause a bit of Voyager V, the Metallica, and Justice for All, and the Black Album. Nice. And the Stranger Things playlist because it's got Master of Puppets on it, and uh, my kids are enjoying that. Maybe and it'll maybe it'll I'll stick. <laughs> yeah, that like even even a child that doesn't like metal is enjoying it, but she says it's too long because it's eight minutes. Yeah, that is a long one. <laughs> I said, do you know what? I, as perfect as the song is, maybe you could shave a minute or two off it. <laughs> and um, yeah, because Jesse said you either love Rush or hate Rush, and I was like, well, I don't know about that. I just think they're good. But I don't choose to listen to them. I don't really know why. So I listened to 2112 and I enjoyed it. So maybe you can just think they're okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's so. That's quite a lot of music this week. But that's it. Is. It. <laughs> it is now. Now comes the question, Kirsty. That you know, <laughs> the expector. The one. Uh-oh. Yeah. The uh, the. Uh, Let's let's just hear from the flip flop guru, Matthew. What'd you listen to? Yeah, I've got nothing out of the ordinary this week for a change, I guess. I started the week with uh, Iron Maiden Killers. Uh, I listened to some Blaze since that was still running fresh after last week, and I went and listened to the Tenth Dimension, um, some Motorhead, Aftershock, and I listened to another Twisted Sister album, and it was because you had mentioned it last week, and I don't remember how it came up in conversation. Uh, Love is for Suckers. Yeah. And did you – what did you say about this? I liked it. There was a couple of songs that I thought were really good, and then the rest of it was just kind of – just sounded generic 80s to me. So I kind of skipped through a lot of it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Everything was going good until Hot For You came on. And I put it, in, it just reminded me of something like Hot Nights, Crazy Days from Turbo. <laughs> oh, man. It's in the same sort of vein. And I didn't like that track. And I just thought it was like a try-hard 80s single. And I don't know if that just ran that album off the rails from that track or if it just went downhill from there. Yeah. But I didn't care for the rest of that. I was, I was kind of done. I can see why everyone likes um Stay hungry now in comparison to a lot of the other catalog that sure, they have. Sure. Uh, but some Smith Cotson, I hadn't listened to that for a while and I was out in the car and gave that a bit of a spin. Uh, one new band, well, kind of new for me, a band called Thunder Mother. I'm going to guess that you've never heard of them. Nope. You're going to guess correctly. No. So this is an all girl band from Sweden who. They are, I would say they're pretty ACDC sounding uh, <clears throat> musically, but the girl's voice in this is really, really good. I like her voice, and she kind of reminds me a little bit of Joan Jett sometimes, but I'd listened to that a few times. It was just never on a week that I'd been on, I guess. Uh, and then Armored Saint, Win Hands Down, I go, that a spin. I haven't listened to that for a long, long time. And I was lucky enough to have seen them when they were promoting that. And they were supporting Queensryche in a little venue when I got to see them. I think it was only probably, well, maybe low hundreds where I saw that. So I was really close. It was good. Oh, cool. And then I finished the, uh, the week with some Anthrax, Among the Living and Worship Music. But that was really it for me this week, music-wise. Oh, wow. That is, that is a short week for Matthew. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I didn't listen to a ton of music this week either. Um, I, I did listen to one band that, that will probably shock most people and uh, that most or that, or that wouldn't be expected. But um, 
I listened to, uh, well, this one won't surprise anybody. I listened to uh, a little bit of Akadaka. I um, listened to one full album by them. I listened to Blow Up Your Video, which uh, I think is a pretty, it's a pretty dang good album. I never, I, I never, like I never heard it back in the day. I mean, I remember the singles, and uh, I really like it. There's some good songs on there. Uh, if anyone wants to check out a super deep cut from ACDC off that album that, that I just love, there's a song called Kissin' Dynamite. <laughs> it's really mm. good. It's got that the the the, the chorus with the real that drum build up, man. It's really cool. Um, I listened to a, an al- a couple albums by a band that Kirsty will definitely be familiar with, uh, Megadeth. I listened to uh, so far, so good, so what? And that's the first time I've heard that album in full in a long time. And I think it's really part of it is really strong. And then there's like two or three really like to me, Liar and Five O Two. I think it kind of brings it down. But yeah, hook it, I'm not a big fan of 502. Yeah, it's I kind like of liar. There's still some good music in it though. Even yeah, yeah. It's just it's just, you know, it, but you you take songs like Mary Jane and uh Oh, uh, you're there level. Yeah. You know, even even Hook and Mouth I like a lot, you know. So but uh Everybody I'll, loves Hook and Mouth, but I'm not that keen on that one. I like I it. I do like that. I do like it. Um uh even though Kirsty's not too keen on it, I like it, Matt. So, and I listen. I also, I listened. Also listened to Peace Sells, but who's buying? Uh, that's a that's a really, really, really strong album. Uh, and then the other band I listened to, uh, and in a minute you'll find out why. But um, I, and it's a band I've done a little bit of a deep dive on in uh, in the past. I just. I hadn't heard him in, in a few years, probably. And I just, I, I listened to the band Dire Straits. Um, I listened to. Uh, it's surprising. Yeah. I listened to <laughs> to four albums by them. And I just, I, I was on wow. you. Yeah. I started with their self-titled album. Uh, then I went to their second one. It was uh, called uh, Communique. Com- or Communique. I'm sorry. That's how they pronounce it. Um, the third one, making movies, and the fourth one, love over gold. Which of those four I like, love over gold the best. Um, he, I, I like a lot of their music because their music to me, there's just something really uh, laid back and mellow about it. You know, just it's just it's kind of real relaxing to hear some of it. Um, I think the next yeah. album is the one that most people would be familiar with, with Money for Nothing, uh, Brothers in Arms. Um, I was planning I on maybe getting- everybody got that on CD. Yeah, when yeah. CDs first came out, because it was the first CD that you could buy, I think. They yeah, they even said I, I heard that that was the first CD ever that went. That was the first ever platinum CD. So, um, and that's pretty early on because that was uh, pretty sure that was a mid '80s album. Hmm. So, but that's that's the music I listened to during the week. I was I was running around uh, the country this week for my job. So, so I in turn I listened to quite a few podcasts and. I listened to a podcast I've never heard before, and uh, I'll tell you the episode. The name of the podcast is the Vintage Rock Pod, and I listened to the following episodes. Episode two, John Ilsley of Dire Straits. <laughs> episode twelve, Pick Withers of Dire Straits. Episode sixty-seven, Alan Clark of Dire Straits. <laughs> 
Uh, and then there was a side two called, there was one called side two, my life in dire straits. And that was again with the John Ilsley, which was the bass player. He had written a, uh, I guess a, bi- a bi- autobiography. So, and then I listened to it. They do some on that podcast. They do these little short, real super short. They did like a little six minute flashback episode to a, to a, a kiss exposed. And then it's called, it was called this day rocks kiss exposed. And they just talked about when it came out and they, you know, had some people on and stuff. And so it was interesting, but I, I enjoyed his interviews, even though I really felt like they were all way too short. Like, like he, and I'm sure with some of these guys, you could probably only get half an hour with them, but all, it was really interesting just hearing them talk about, you know, the time and the band and all that. So I also listened to a couple of episodes from a podcast called Asylum Tales from the Devereux Diaries. Um, I listened to Decline of the Western Civilization to the Metal Years, which was interesting. It was interesting. They they covered a lot. I thought there was a lot more that could be covered, but they did cover a lot. Um, and then I listened to one called Opening Act, Except Balls to the Wall, and uh, it only it only furthered my belief that that um, Rody Ray has to be the probably least respected voice in podcasting. Uh, just some of his opinions on that accept album. I'm like, there's, uh, there's things he says he doesn't like. And then he's going on about that. Like it was just uh, sliced bread. You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> just, I, I, I think musically accept is really good, but vocally, I don't really care for him too much. I like the song boss to the wall, but uh, you know, and then I'm starting to think that just, um, uh, you know, sometimes when you hear people that are more of a, they focus more on something, so they kind of have a, they kind of can give you a better insight on it. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys are talking about um, uh, Fear of the Dark and acting like it's this just incredibly strong album. And to prove how strong the album was, they played a, a cut from it called From Here to Eternity, which is. Yeah, it didn't help the case. Yeah, I'm like. Uh, yeah, you're you're playing, you're you're playing the the just the bottom fodder of the album. You know, you're playing one of the absolute worst songs of the album. I mean, lyrically it's terrible. Musically, it's not that great. Vocally, Bruce is just the, as raspy as he's ever been. You know, it's like like someone said once. It's like Tattooed Millionaire. You know, it's like it's like a <laughs> from here to eternity. Got a whole yeah, album with Tattooed Millionaire. Yeah. So. That's not a good. Uh, that's also not a good uh, uh, advertisement for it. And no, and I, I might just have to say something regarding this. Yeah, go I ahead. already thought Fear of the Dark was my least favorite album before I spoke to you. Oh, you mean I didn't brainwash you? The reason why no, the reason why I first listened to your podcast was I saw you'd done an episode called "The Best of the Worst of Fear of the Dark," and I thought, <laughs> oh, that's a really interesting idea. Where is he going to find something good about it? And um, and then. I pretty much immediately came on your podcast to tell you whether I thought Fear of the Dark was better than each album. And I consistently said, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Before I knew you. (laughs) Yes, that was a brilliant, that was brilliant. That was when, that was whenever I knew I could be friends with Kirsty. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, but they, they, they went on and on about how, just how great of an album was, and and even even Ding Dong Rody Ray was on um, Twitter trying to defend it, and because I made the comment, if you take that one song off the album, 
that's the reason it's thought uh, thought of so highly is because that one song he starts going, oh yeah, we'll take Aces High and Two Minutes to Midnight and Power Slave and all this off of Power Slave, and I'm like, you still got five other top tracks on there. Yeah, you still yeah, got you right. still have a lot of good stuff. I'm like, that's not an argument. Yeah, it's it's thank you, Matt. Thank you. So yeah, I, I just was like, the, the more this, just when I think I can't respect his opinions any less, he just opens up his mouth and more. Horseshite comes out. So are you saying he, he took the bar off and just left it on the floor? It's a low bar. Oh man, yeah, you could, you're not limboing under that thing. So. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's 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 kind of just um, he just keeps digging a hole, and um, you know he might as well just lay down in it at this point. And let us shovel the dirt on top. So, <laughs> uh, but um, I was I was glad that they they listened to that episode or did that episode because now I never have to go try listening to that album. I just, they're not, they just, I, I think musically like they sound fantastic. Like I tried to listen to a couple of their newer albums um, recently, I, I, not recently, but in the last year even. And like they started out and I was like, the music was playing. I was like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. And then the guy started singing and I was just like, man, no, nah, this just isn't for me. I just, I can't get past the the vocals. So, um, <clears throat> Uh, other podcasts I listened to, I listened to um, the Shout It Out Loudcast. They did one called Who Is Sam Loomis? And I don't know if y'all are Kiss fans or not, but there was a lot of um, really rare Kiss videos that got released in the past month or so. Like really like super rare stuff that's never been seen. Like a full- Yeah, I've seen a lot of talk about that. Yeah. And so they, the guy who was releasing them all, his little uh, moniker was Sam Loomis, which- Sam Loomis is the, uh, the, he's the main character in um, the, uh, I believe it was the um, Halloween movies. He was yeah, like the doctor. Yeah. And, uh, but they were, a guy came on and he was explaining a lot about copyrights and owning the rights to the, to the footage and things like that. And it was, it was, it was an interesting listen. It was an interesting listen. Um, and the last podcast I listened to is one I haven't listened to in a while. Uh, it was top five with Joey Casada, and they did uh, two. I listened to two episodes. One was best their, their top five best Judas Priest songs, and the lists were pretty interesting. Uh, uh, I, I did enjoy that one a lot. And then they had one called best TV shows of all time. And uh, I'll, I'll just say this: uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's listened to this to ever really listen to that podcast or not. Um, I'm sure some people have probably seen at least the episode with me on it. But the one called um, Best TV Shows of All Time, it, this, the episode pretty much starts out with a story that happened in the last month or so. I, I and, and throughout the episode, they keep alluding to it. But I, I was in tears just so many times laughing at that during the episode. It was the story is just it's beyond belief. It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, it's just. I won't say anything. It's, it's one of the characters on the, it's one of the guys on the show. He get, you just gotta, it's, it's definitely worth a listen. Best TV shows of all time. Top five with Joey Kassad. I believe that's the newest episode. It's, it's maybe it's the second to the newest. Oh man. It's just incredible. <laughs> Kirsty, what podcast did you listen to? I got to get off it or I'll just keep talking. Um, I listened to and volume for all again, because they've got part three out now. Um, really enjoying it's um, sort of talking about heavy metal, okay. like a documentary kind of thing, if you like. But um, 
Yeah, it was about subgenres this week. I learned some absolutely shocking facts about a black metal band that's definitely worth hearing. Um, sure. He played some clips. So he was talking about glam metal. He was playing this song, and I was like, oh, I haven't heard this for ages. I was kind of singing along. I was like, what is it? I was on my way to work. Uh-oh. Then he said it was poison, talk dirty to me. And um, I got into work, and Unskinny Bop was on the radio, and I thought, oh, this is a sign. Maybe I should be listening to some poison, make my uncle proud. But I never did. Um, but it reminded me of this mixtape I had that someone made for me um, back in the day. It had Dogs Demore, Hanoi Rocks, Love and Hate, Aerosmith, Hawkwind. And, um, I, but I never did listen to any of those because he also played a clip at the end when he got into Thrash, uh-huh. which was one, which is why I ended up listening to and just this for all instead. You'll be glad to know. Well, I am proud. I am proud that you didn't go <laughs> listen to Poison. <laughs> I uh, listened to your episode last week. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did Matt shock you? Always. <laughs> what was so no, shocking that I said? Oh, it was interesting. It was like, I don't know. I mean, I sent my own list in, but it, it was just really hard because, well, you're thinking of like a really good song, but like with a slightly weak chorus. And uh, that's quite a lot of the songs, if you think about it. You know? <laughs> but it doesn't like, but it doesn't really spoil it for you until you really think about it hard. Yeah, yeah. So, who do you think had the most surprising number one out of me and Steve? Steve, well, yeah. I mean, I know he's mentioned it before, but I think the chorus of Prison is great. I think the um, the chord sequence underneath it keeps it really interesting. Because uh, that really took me by surprise when he said that. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I am a little I concerned. He, I am a little concerned. I haven't heard from Alan Bill. Well, so, I think he's, well, he, maybe he hasn't had a chance to listen to it. And maybe he's just not speaking to you. <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. And I also listened to a feckin' metal podcast because um, he was doing an interview with Stephen Waddle. He's always a really good guest. He's the guy with the that's um, performing under the name Oath. So it's just a one person, but he's called it a band name. So it's called Oath. And then it's called SC because there's lots of bands called Oath and he's in Scotland. Um, and he's got a new album out called Hallowed Illusions, which is like um, a heavy metal band. But his voice is kind of punky. That's pretty cool. So that's all the podcast I listened to last week. Okay. Okay. Matthew? Uh, so I started the week with the Metal Exchange podcast because when I was listening to their episode last week, they talked about how they were going to review uh, the Fear Factory album, Demanufacture. I was like, oh, I'm not going to miss that because that's an album that I love. But I was surprised they got mixed reviews. Uh, one of the guys liked it. One didn't. Uh, he's, one of them said that he couldn't get any work done while he was listening to it. He just couldn't concentrate trade or whatnot which mm-hmm. i kind of get because i would get so into the album sometimes that you, know, you can't sit still or whatever but yeah it came away with mixed reviews but um i think it got like six and a half or six and six and a half i think it was if i remember correctly whereas i would have rated a little bit higher than that <laughs> but to each their own i guess um then the i'm gonna say it carefully so i don't mess it up because i think you told me i've messed it up twice in a row now the ridiculous rock record review. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I listened to them as well. I forgot you to did? say. Ah, yes. well, you, you can go back and say which one you listened to if you like. I listened to the one about the Black Album. Oh, I saw that. I'm kind of sitting on that one at the moment. It's good that because was... they've all got really different um, opinions on it. I was going to listen to the Black Album, but they played so many clips, I didn't really feel I needed to at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you heard enough. Um, Sometimes that's a good thing. <laughs> no, did, I like it. That's Saint, they did it with St. Anger, and I was like, oh, they, I don't have to listen to that ever again. Oh, well, I've been playing um, Nothing Else Matters a bit because I'm trying to learn it on my ukulele just to sound really uncool. Right. <laughs> 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 it is quite an easy one to learn. That's cool. Do you carry on, Matthew. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> I'll say it again. The ridiculous rock record review, just to make sure I hit it home that I got it right. Uh, episode, it was an older episode, 186, Kisses Dynasty. Dynasty. For those people James. in New Zealand, yes. Dinner. 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 <laughs> and I was surprised because I thought, I wondered if it was going to go like unmasked and they were just going to rip on it. And it wasn't the case at all. It got a surprisingly strong result on the reviews. Uh, um, even, even, I think it was five. Even, yeah, that, even Lou. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He gave it a five out of five. I thought he hated everything. <laughs> Yeah, so I was just ready for it, and uh, they let me down. No, they didn't really. It was a good episode. I liked it. Um, some metal chat with Melissa. I hadn't listened to this episode when it first came out, so I got to it late this week. Uh, her latest episode, 36, with Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon. And so it wasn't to do with his band. It was more to do with the background workings. You know, he's running festivals and managing bands, and it was good. It was good to hear a different aspect because – she mentioned that you know a lot of people listen to the same sorts of podcasts uh, within this little group, and yeah. so probably heard a lot of the background on Night Demon already. So it was good to hear a different side of things. It was very interesting. Uh, I listened to Eddie Trunk. I don't know if it was a latest interview or not. It would have been a more recent one. The LA Invasion, uh, Dio's 80th birthday celebration. Did you want to insert your poor... Poor joke now, or should we just skip past that? He's only got the one joke. Oh, yeah, but he rehashes it every week. I think we all know it by now. He thinks it's funny, but did you want to bust it out, Steve, so we can move on? Why don't you just tell it for me? Nope. Anyway, so Sebastian Bach, Simon White from ACDC. Uh, they had Rowan Atkinson. Was it Rowan Atkinson? Or am I kidding? Rowan Atkinson. He was a comedian. Yes, oh, he was. was. Hang on. Was Rowan – I know Rowan something was the young guitarist on Lock Up the Wolves. His name wasn't Atkinson as well, was it? I don't think. I Ro- don't know. Rowan Atkinson. I do remember. I remember hearing that name because I remember they talked about him in the um, metal magazines at the time because I think yeah, he was like 17 was or 18 Atkinson. years old. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, he was like uh, a, there a you really go. guy. I, I never thought about it. I always knew it was Rowan Atkinson. You'd think it would be a really unusual name, wouldn't you? Well, you would have. That's why I thought, I was, this is Mr. Bean. Yeah. Why have I written Mr. Bean down? Anyway, he, <laughs> he was on there. Uh, Wendy, Wendy Dio. Uh, and they had the producer on who was releasing the, the Holy Diver latest uh, album. Again, re-releasing it. And it was good. They had all little interviews and um, talked. One of the interesting things that they did talk about was the cover art to the Holy Diver album. And I guess I, just like probably most people, just thought it was a, a painting that was done. But it was actually a, 
derived from a, a photo. They'd sent someone down to the seaside and put him in chains in the water, took a picture and kind of worked from there. So it was good. It was good oh. listening. Didn't know that at all. And so what else did I have here? I thought, yeah, this is probably up Dino's alley because he's a real deophile. So he might enjoy something like that. Uh, then I went to some Pot of Thunder. And I listened to the, I don't know if it was their latest episode or not, 472, because that had except balls to the wall. And they all seemed to like that over there. And because I had listened to that, I saw that Asylum, Tales from the Devereux Diaries, Rody Ray and his mates, uh, were also doing balls to the wall from except. And I wanted to know, Steve, so how high were you? Because they were saying that you must have been pretty high thinking the fear of the dark was the worst. You know. <laughs> I was just curious how high, how high do you have to be? He was probably upstairs. Yeah, like second level high? Yeah, I was I second level. And, um, you know, look. Next I, level high. I, I just. Th- there's bits. Because they, they act like I say everything on it sucks. And, I mean, I'm an Iron Maiden fan. I like. I like the album, but you know, part of being a fan of something is being able to be honest about it. And uh-huh. if you take that album in general, here's the big, the big beef that they have with me, I think is because I don't say it's worse than the blaze albums. And, and I almost give the blaze albums more slack because of such a, just a change in so many things, but from an album that's led by, you know, an Iron Maiden, I'm led by Bruce Dickinson. It's got a lot higher standard to live up to. And that album. Well, both the Blaze albums have a lot better songs than Fear of the Dark, <laughs> regardless of what you think of the singer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, I just don't like it. I don't know what to sit here and say about it. I mean, I've, I've, I've got an episode called the best, of the, uh, the best of Fear of the Dark that they can go back and listen to if they want to hear my take. And I've got one called The Best of the Worst of Fear of Dark, the one that Kirsty alluded to. And and fan feedback where you can hear my take on it. Yeah, you can hear Kirsty say you can hear a lot of people's take on it. So and that's before yeah. that's before anyone listened to me. So uh you oh, know. I, was, I was gonna say, is that is that before you brainwashed? That's before I was brainwashing people, yeah. So <laughs> my merry band of people or whatever they said, Matt. <laughs> I was I was thinking, is that the Uncle Steve Trio? Yeah, we should do we yeah, we could do that. Take it on the road. We got a ukulele player and a drummer, Matt. I guess that leaves you to be the singer. The vocalist. Yeah, good luck with that. I'll be like the blaze of the band. <laughs> uh, you'll you'll be like the Udo Dirk Schneider, more like it. You, you'll be. So, I won't say that because that's the person you like. You'll 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 appreciate that. Yeah, let's probably not do this. I was going to say no, the, you'll be the Lemmy of our band, the Ronnie James Dio, if you will. Oh, uh, if only I wish. That's a lofty height to set for myself. Um, but no, that was a, it was an interesting listen. Uh, all the fear of the dark talk aside and maiden talk aside, because it took me by surprise when uh, they didn't rag on fear of the dark, I guess. Um, but so yeah, asylum, and then that was it for the week. Listening to them, that's how I closed my week. I don't think I could take another podcast after I heard some of that nonsense that they said. Yeah, you know, I think they should start focusing more on maybe like uh, Kiss. You know, no, I like that they. No, uh, I love that that they um, Yeah, well, I, I'm just. One, I don't really like the other takes because they're shite. You know, uh, I mean, if you're sitting here calling, you're sitting here calling, 
Fear of the Dark, a great Iron Maiden album. I mean, have you heard other Iron Maiden albums? I'm, just, I'm kind of wondering what's your what's your bar there. I don't think they said it was the best one. Yeah, they act like yeah, it's. They, they didn't say they, it was the worst. But they but didn't say it was the worst. They also played from here to eternity to showcase it. Yeah, I know. Of all the things yeah. you could have done, that was a poor choice. It. They could have picked Judas Be My Guide. Uh huh. Yeah, because yeah. there are some good tracks on there. Or they could have picked mm-hmm. Afraid to Shoot Strangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we could be dead. There's, there's, there's maybe a couple other good songs, but, but you know, and I think the most telling thing was, was uh, the least respected voice in podcasting, Rody Ray. He made the comment. You could take six songs off of this and make it a great EP. I'm like, yeah. So you got to cut the album in half to make it good. Okay, that sounds like a good album to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like a good Iron Maiden album. It's probably better than any Poison album, but you know, hey. Yeah, that that'd be interesting. What is it? Umbop or Unskinny Bop? You know, uh, uh, maybe misery. we should do like a Poison Fear of the Dark album battle. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, I, I'm not going to do that because it means two things. It means I have to go listen to the whole Fear of the Dark album again and, and I have to listen to a Poison album again. Have Have y'all heard uh, uh, Rody Ray's new nickname? Because one of his nicknames on their podcast is the is the Cherry Pie Guy because he likes Cherry Pie by Warrant. Yeah. Well, I started dubbing him Cher Ray Pie. And... Uh. But after uh, their decline enough. of the Western civilization review, I thought maybe hot chair ray pie would be a better one. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, if, if you know, you know. So there was a mighty big pause while we soaked that that in. Yeah, you know. Anyway, yeah, I'm speechless. But one thing that I've noticed listening to their uh, episodes, that song "Kissing Time" that they play, it gets stuck in my head after I've listened to mm. that. Sorry. And I was never a fan of that song. Yeah. Is it catchy or is it just that they play it so often on there? It's, well, it's, not so often. It's a little catchy. I mean, it's, it's, a bit it's of both. It's a little catchy. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's one thing I've just noticed. It's like, oh, I kind of like when I hear this, but I've never ever liked that song before. But in that short little frame, it's okay. I remember hearing it for the first time when I, you know, I had listened to, you know, Animal Eyes and Asylum and, Creatures and stuff, and then the next album I got was the first Kiss album. I can remember that coming on and just thinking, "What the hell happened to these guys?" <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. Anyway, anything else? I don't know. Have you finished brainwashing us for the week? Reinforcing the fact that uh, Fear of the Dark is not the stellar album that they make it out to be. <laughs> Look, I, I I like stuff on it. If people want to listen to it, that's their business. You know, I mean, it's it's I, I it's an Iron Maiden album. It's got a fantastic album cover i think to me it's one of my favorite album covers by them i love it but you know it is what it is if they if that's if 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 if, um i don't have a name for gary i don't have a nickname for him but um (laughs) if if that's what he wants to entrench himself in is fear of the dark hey have at it (laughs) well is he um is he kind of newish to listening to maiden is that maybe why? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely more of a. Uh, oh, he's so his opinion is going to change. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And and, and it's and and the biggest thing that's got him on his big, you know, having a beef with me or whatever. What's the deal with people having beefs with me, man? I had someone make a diss video to me this week too, <laughs> but um, that's yeah, because you're always staring. I guess, but I saw that. I, I laughed when I saw. Oh that. man, I I laughed the whole time. <laughs> uh, I was like, it just really, I kept expecting it to get more harsh but he just kind of kept it 
even keel and it was just making me laugh. And then, and I was just That's like, why it was so good. He's deadpan about it. I was just like, man, if I, if I, if I look as good as, uh, as a male, as, as who he said that he was making the video for, man, I'll take that. <laughs> um, what was I going to say now about Gary? No, he's, I think the the thing is, is going from Bruce to blaze is so drastic and he's doing it like in the context of a week at a time or so. You know, and so it's just this big, drastic what what just happened here thing, and and I get it. You know, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely different. So I mean, it's 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 easy, but yeah, it's easy I just they take a couple of goes to get used to. Yeah, it's easy to um, just throw it out there and go, man, he sucks, and these albums suck. So, you know, I understand he's 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 operating. You know, when they say, you know, like you know, we all have children, and you know, when children when they're babies, they don't know what the hell they're doing. That's what Gary is right now. <laughs> he don't know what the hell he's talking about. He's a baby. Or is Ray brainwashing him? <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you there's some of that going on, and that can't be a good thing if you've heard any of his other opinions. So anyway. <laughs> oh, I was that's right. I was still talking. I was still doing the uh the uh, No, did you bring up the podcast? Yeah. Sorry, Matt. It was you. Go ahead. I'm done. I said I couldn't listen to any more podcasts. <laughs> to episode. Yeah, good job. No, it was good. I liked I liked Good it. job, Devereaux boys. So <laughs> So, okay, we'll get into some audience participation next, Matthew, uh, as Blackie Lawless would say, the the ever closer getting Blackie Lawless. So uh, we got retweets this week and some quote quotes. Uh, the retweets are by the following people. Um, Ron Kramer in Washington State. Had to figure out where Ron was from. Uh, the Scouser, David Laird in Liverpool, England. The R4 podcast in Massachusetts, USA. Jesse, the delivery guy in Illinois, or maybe Alaska this week. Uh, his royal dudeness, Dave in the USA. Um, <laughs> and uh, the official detention teacher of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, Gen Marutani in Chiba, Japan. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw on Twitter like a week ago where his royal dudeness wrote lyrics for himself, but it was instead of, instead of uh, the John Mellencamp song or John Cougar or, whatever, or John Cougar Mellencamp or Johnny Cougar, whatever he goes by, he, he, he put his name inside of the R O C K in the, in the USA, but it was like his Royal Dudeness Dave in the USA, or he wrote lyrics for it. it. It really made me laugh when I read it. It was funny. So when I read his name, that's why I laughed. I wasn't laughing at the official detention. I missed that. Yeah. It was somewhere, you know, he comments a well, lot. Have to scroll back a long way. Yeah, you're gonna have to dig because you know he's. There's yep. some mornings I wake up, and you remember how you used to wake up to the going blind thing. Mm-hmm. There's some mornings I wake up. Eight notifications. Yeah, there's some mornings I'm waking up to that, and it'll be it'll be his royal dudeness. Uh, well, one night, it, two nights in a row, I think it was him, abs, and um, uh, that metal Maximus guy, Maximus guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they just. Like I started trying to go back and read it all, and eventually I was just I thought, you know, man, I can't I can't do this. I can't I don't have enough time to to find out where this started. So uh next up is the Queet Twotes and got a few Queet Twotes this week too. Speaking of his royal dudeness, he said hashtag Iron Maiden. That's a hard word for me to say. Hashtag Maybe don't bother saying it. <laughs> That's because you said it so often a couple of I know, weeks back. I, I just think it's entertaining. I just think it's entertaining to say. Especially whenever it's like a thousand hashtags, like Andrew did that one time. Um, 
Matt got to hear the rifle, the rifle version or the machine gun version of, of me doing hashtags that one episode that we lost. So, yeah. Uh, but he said, this episode is an excellent, is, is an ex example of why this podcast, sorry, I'm, I'm not on a lot of sleep right now of why this podcast is so great. Uncle Steve and Matt give you a very unique top 10 maiden list. There are songs you will be shocked were included. Only way this episode could have been better is if Kirsty Prince was on. That's very nice. I know. It's lovely. Yeah, he's a very. I was thinking, there's, there's probably some more ways it could have been better, but that's nice. <laughs> I just kept, <laughs> yeah. kept it to that one. Yeah. I guess we could have done it. Ex- lucky to have such a family friendly bus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So next up, again was the uh, the official detention teacher. When it's watching for lies, you can't escape by eyes, watching you. They see your every move. Eyes, watching you. Eyes, watching you, watching you, watching you, watching you. And I was very disappointed with this tweet quote of his this week. He said, very interesting episode. Ranking songs that could have been better if choruses were good. There are actually, like Kirsty said, quite a few of them. By the way, and this is the disappointing part, I don't know if I can put Dean King in detention. We might just end up having great conversation on Tattooed Millionaire. So that's right. As long as they're not having it with you. Exactly. Exactly. Now it's lovely that they found each other through your <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, get a room, guys. Get a room. So, um, he also shared his top 10 Iron Maiden disappointing choruses. I will read them in reverse order. And he also gave an explanation about every single one of them. I'm not going to read all of those, that'll mm-hmm. take a while. Uh, but he here's his top ten, Matthew um, Kirsty. Mm-hmm. Number ten, uh, Kirsty will appreciate this one. Gates of Tomorrow. Uh, number nine, Lord of Light, which I, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that. Yeah. The way it kind of it kind of feels like it bogs down a little bit when they free your soul and let it fly all that part. Um, number eight, Isle of Avalon. Mm-mm. Number seven. Uh, I like this course, but I understand why it's here too. Lightning stri- strikes twice from. Uh, yeah, I had that in my list too. From Virtual Eleven, yeah. Uh, Chains of Misery, yeah, that's a that's a pretty rough one too. Even though the album it's on is just fantastic. I'm Do thinking you know- maybe it could be good with a different chorus. Yeah, have, I don't know. I don't. Heard, I was say, have you heard Pterodactyl Mark do that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was made for him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I like it. I like that song. Then he added another one from um, Virtual Eleven. Don't look to the eyes of a stranger. I could kind of see that. Okay, his number four was Tail Gunner Matthew. So he agrees with us on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he agrees with us on another one. The Assassin. His number yep, three. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, so much potential in that song. Yeah, uh, his number two, um, Gangland. 
I really don't think that's such a bad chorus, to be honest. I think it, I think that song just has a bad reputation because of the way it's been talked about through the years. Yeah. Um. And his number by the band. Yeah, by by Bruce and Steve, I think so. Yeah. And his number one. Uh, this is one that Matthew's about to, you know, put fists up for. I'm sure. <laughs> Back in the village. His number oh yeah. One. That was in number a bad one. way. <laughs> yeah, that was the number one. So, you know, I mean, look, I get it. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what happened on this, you know, bunch of comments. But uh, at some point on there, Jesse, the delivery guy, came down on this thread and just said, Uncle Gen's Tattooed Millionaire Zone. <laughs> that made me hey, laugh. I, I was just thinking, is there maybe a, a similarity between – the back in the village chorus and lightning strikes twice. Yeah, there is because of that, you know, it's because of the, how quick he says strikes twice. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I wonder if that's, so if someone doesn't like one song, it may carry into another. Because yeah, that's I like, I like the chorus of back in the village, but not lightning strikes twice. I think I like both those songs. I think the thing is here, you know, here I'm going to mention the brainwashing again. <laughs> That I think that I never really even thought twice about. I mean, I never even thought twice about uh, the chorus of "Back in the Village" until I heard it on Talking Maiden, and they they mm. kind of harped on that "Back in the Village" and "I'm Back in the Village" and I, I, that never bothered me before. And then once it, it got kind of doesn't bother me. Yeah, it doesn't really bother me if I listen to it, but but I notice it now. I never even really mm. noticed that it was just kind of you know. Abrupt and everything. It, to me, it was just the end of the song that was in. Yeah, I, yes. that, I like that that's abrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So that was Gen's list and uh, his Tattooed Millionaire statement about him and Dean King, I think, starting a Tattooed Millionaire podcast, <laughs> I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up was the Honorable Counselor, Sir Richard Holmes of the Ulster Unionist Party. And he said, entertaining as always. Man, but Miss Kirsty. She's really made this a three-piece show. Kirsty, you're getting a lot of love this week. Thank you. <laughs> Kirsty, are you like are you like one of those people that doesn't want to hear compliments? Well, I mean, it's it's nice that they like to hear me on here, otherwise I might have to stop doing it. <laughs> it's nice to be heard, right? <laughs> yeah. Next up was um Talk in the Shadows, the Queen's podcast. And he says, after listening to this episode, you'll be crying, or he says, you'll be, quote, crying violation, stop the madness, which is uh, part of a song of theirs, part of a lyric of a song uh, called Resistance. It's a good song off of uh, Empire. Uh, next up, oh boy, speaking of uh, mm-hmm. talking about the least respected voices in podcasting, here we go. Asylum tells from the Devereux Diaries, which we know is uh, Rody Ray. He said, another episode of Bizarro World Opinions, Dio bashing, and absurdity by our good friend Uncle Steve. I'm only half through it and had to take a break to maintain our friendship. When I saw this, I just said, eh, you might not want to finish the episode then, because <laughs> I think that's where I started calling him the least respected voice. 
Took a left turn. But I've said it enough times on this episode that maybe that's just what his nickname is going to be on here. So, uh, and then are you, are you guys still friends? I think <laughs> it's, it's like I said, no friends is too many for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, trying to drive them all away. <laughs> yeah. I have to have a podcast just to have someone to talk to. <laughs> this is why you listen to that Queens Dark song. <laughs> is there anybody listening? Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, wow, listen to this. Thank God for Matt and his voice oh. of reason. Yeah. Oh, and then he Let's wrote. Hang, hang on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, but then he, but behind it, Matt, he puts hashtag fear of the dark is greater than no prayer X factor and virtual 11. Do you have any comments on that? Matthew? No, I was pretty speechless when I saw that. Okay. So would would you at least say that that's not accurate statement by him? Especially after he used you as, as a, like, Matt, the voice of reason, and then he puts that. Yeah, I don't know why he called you that, Matt. I, I don't know. I've never been called the voice of reason. I've been called a lot of things, but never the voice of reason. Yeah, but he also, like right behind it, said Fear of the Dark was better than those other three albums. So, Is he trolling? It, troll? it's, yeah. it's, it's like he's trying to tie you to that. Are, are you no. going to be bound to that statement? Uh, I don't think that. You know, I think the opposite of that. Even, oh, I was trying to think case by case. No Prayer, definitely. I like more than uh, mm-hmm. Fear of the Dark. X Factor, it all depends on where my head is. You know, I mean, a brainwash kind of mood or not. And <laughs> virtual, virtual eleven, I'd probably take virtual eleven as a whole, like pound for pound, over the fear of the dark as well. Yeah, same here, same here. But then I'm brainwashed, so yeah, you're brainwashed. Right. So. And I, I'm in your merry little band. Yeah, parent, and you're so. maybe I've brainwashed you into being the voice of reason. <laughs> is that how it worked? I okay. guess I don't know. So now uh, we have next up, we have the official dinosaur of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, the Dinosaur himself, Dean King, or as Matt would call him. He's a deophile. Dino. A deophile? What the hell is that? <laughs> Golly. He's, he, loves dinos- he loves dinosaurs a little much, I think. So uh, So he said, now his, I, I think, I don't know if I told you this, but his was like a three-parter. So his is a little long. His said, like I was reading the first one and it said one of three. So I put all three of them together. That means there's a diatribe coming up. <sighs> mm-hmm. And he, he he's almost along the same lines as the uh, least respected voice in podcasting up there. He says, <laughs> so you start out by ragging on Dio and Getty Lee of Rush. But Fair I, point, you usually do. Yeah. I'm, you know what? Let me just take a little break here in in the in the Dinosaurs uh, and say this: I'm not the one who brings Dio up every week. It's usually I'll say, Jeez. "Hey, I listened to something I haven't heard in a long time," and immediately Matt comes out with Dio, and I and just think maybe you'll surprise me one. And I've already told Matthew this privately off the air <laughs> that anytime you bring up Dio, I'm just going to rag on him and make fun of him because. Uh, maybe he'll stop saying it, you know? So if, if he brings it up, then I usually am going to throw something out there. I'm a little tired this morning, so I've taken a few opportunities off earlier. So, okay. So back to the, uh, back to the podcast here. He says, uh, uh, you start off by ragging on Dio and, you know, is he talking about the, uh, the Dio sore? Is he talking about, um, the elf uh, on a you, shelf? You oh, geez, talking about the, um, R2D2 R2 here. R2D2. 
Um, what's that? What, what's that movie? Uh, is it? Is he an Ewok from Star Wars? Maybe uh, I'm not sure if, if who he's talking about here. But uh, anyway, are you being hard to stick on, Steve? Sorry. Um, he says, but I'm the one who should be in the padded room and I'm trolling. <laughs> Again, my trolling all happens because Matthew keeps bringing the name Dio up. <laughs> Why? Because I listen to a lot of Dio. But you know, I don't. It's the same way you do with Motorhead sometimes, except, and, and, and look, I will say this. Speaking of, I was just thinking, maybe the brainwashing is not as strong with me as it is with you. Yeah. So maybe one day I'll get there and you'll listen to some Dio and enjoy it. But speaking of Dio and Motorhead at the same time, Ronnie Dio and, um, or R2D2, uh, and Lemmy both seem like they were like two of the, the coolest people, like as far as musicians goes and the way they treated their fans. They seemed like they were both really super cool people. And even uh, one of the most hated men in podcast land, Bruno, he met Dio and s- said the same thing. He said he really, really, like he said, he I was just this stupid 16-year-old six, kid, and he treated me like I was the most important person in the room. And I'm like, you know, any rock star that does that for you, that's I, I, I do respect that. So, oh, okay, back to Dino. Let's not forget, you once said Lick It Up was better th- album than Peace of Mind. Wow, brother, if I'm chained up in a room with Eddie, you'll be there with me. (laughs) That's one of three. Two of three. I don't like Blaze's voice. The music on uh, Silicon Messiah is heavy, but basic post-2000 metal and nothing creative or interesting. That's a big comment. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even know how to respond to that. I don't. I don't right now. I mean, it's it's a uh, he him and I think him and him and Ray should start a podcast together. Actually, they're you know the least re, the the least uh, um, what would be a good word to call their opinions. Uh, whatever. Uh, Padded room tales from the cell. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Any. Uh, let me continue with Dina here. I don't care to ever hear it again. Bruce is a hero of mine. Millionaire is fun, and I've always liked it. Yes, three songs are plain dumb, but are meant to be. Since, and here we go to number three, I never want to hear Silicon Messiah again. I put all of Tattooed Millionaire over it because I enjoy it. I guarantee the line behind me who loves Dio and Rush is way bigger than your group who doesn't who doesn't but likes Blaze. Just saying. All individual taste and opinion See you in the padded cell tonight. And then, and then he added this. Eddie and I are planning to blast Holy Diver all night for some added torture. <laughs> and then his last thing he said was, oh, it's a fun listen this week that I do recommend. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's calmed himself down front. Oh, I know. It was all escalating and then he's, uh, he's come back to free. I felt, like I, I felt like I needed to read that kind of in an angry voice. <laughs> I thought that was you, good. You, Talked him off the ledge towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the Metal Chat podcast with Melissa in Boston, and she just simply said, listening now. Um, next up, uh, I think this is the comment that Kirsty alluded to earlier by Jesse the Delivery Guy. He said, I've always said you are either a Rush fan or you're not. You either love them or hate them. And if you choose not to decide... You still have made a choice. <laughs> no offense taken. And then I don't know if I can even read this last line on the podcast because I might get uh, censored, but his last three words, 
Kirsty, do you remember what his last three words were? No. Okay, I'm just going to read them. Lick that gun. <laughs> that's how he ended it. So so let's go into uh, something a little more. Uh, uh, one more. One more. We have one more. Leon Siskowski in England, who to me, he, he, seem, he sounds like he's seen about half a hundred Iron Maiden shows. He, he yeah. said, definitely giving this one a listen, Uncle Steve. Looks interesting. So thank you. Thank you to everybody who sent those in. The, it's it's fun to read that stuff. It's 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 I, I love the dialogue and the uh interaction. So thank you, everybody. It's therapeutic. Yeah. For us. <laughs> and now, Matthew, Kirsty, yeah. um Yep. There's been some talk recently. Not just recently, and and I and last okay, I'll start off by saying this because this is where it came to me last week, a couple of days ago. I, I I think I called Matthew on the phone and and I just said, you know, I was pretty rough on um, peace of mind last week, and I said that it was the least best of the uh, classic era, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought. Why not see if we can prove that point or disprove that point? You know, either prove me to liar or prove me to be right. And we've already done seventh son of a seventh son versus peace of mind. How did that work out in case uh, someone hasn't listened? I don't recall what the exact results were. Kirsty, do you remember what the final result was? No, I can just remember which album won. By a pretty large margin, if I recall. Maybe five to three. Maybe. I don't think it was. We had to take one song out. Was it six to two? Yeah, we did. That's right. We took, we took out one song and, you know, and, and, and I got it. I'll, I'll give, I'm going to give our, our, our official dinosaur a little credit here because (laughs) he's kind of influenced this a little bit because I feel like, um, and, and you'll find out what I mean later, but he, he, he once said to me, and I think he said it for the world to see, that Quest for Fire was a better song than Moonchild. And I think for me, Moonchild might just about best every song on Peace of Mind, uh, as well as the next album that we are going to talk about. So um, we're going to put Peace of Mind up against Somewhere in Time. Let's find out today. And it's in an album battle, so song placement means a lot. And um, we did have to remove a song, as Matt alluded to on the last episode. And this album also has eight songs. We'll do it accordingly. So I feel like uh, this was my first new album with uh, Iron Maiden. I believe, Kirsty, that was your first. Same. Same with you. And Matt, yours first one was Seventh Son. So... We all came along pretty close to the same time. So these albums are all pretty, we've had a lot of time to digest them and, you know, have opinions on this. So why don't we uh, go into this and song number one is Caught Somewhere in Time versus Peace of Minds, Where Eagles Dare. Kirsty. Why don't you yes. start us off? 
well, Caught Somewhere in Time is one of my all-time favourite Iron Maiden songs. Um, both the songs have got an um, amazing few opening bars, but I just love the sound on Caught Somewhere in Time, production and the guitar synths, so, which is obviously across the album. Um, but this song's got a great galloping pace and over a minute of some of the best solos ever and an incredible ending. It's got to be Caught Somewhere in Time for me. That's a quick one. That's a quick one. Um, Matthew. So, Where Eagles Dare. I think this it's a good opening track. You know, I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. But the biggest thing talked about with Where Eagles Dare is the drum intro. And I had a note that, you know, I'm not a drummer, so to me it's just the drum intro. I don't know how good it is. It's really good. <laughs> it is. Because yeah. I started thinking, you know, if you compare that with today's drummers versus, you know, something 30 or 40 years ago, is it technically difficult today or was it just technically difficult at the time? I don't know. Either way, it's an impressive start to the track. Uh, I like the guitar riffs throughout this. Bruce is always oh, on point with his soaring, soaring vocal lines. Yeah, Nico's good in this. Um, I like the track. It's a very busy track. That's the only problem I have with it is there's a lot of word delivery throughout it. And then Somewhere in Time, awesome, awesome intro to the song uh, to start with there. Bruce is good on this as well. Like Kirsty was saying, I think there's a good minute to a minute and a half of uh, just an awesome musical section there with some great solos. I do like Nico's drumming in this out, both the album and this track as well. There's a real sense of urgency with the pacing of the track that I like. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was it was hard to pick. I thought, because I gave um, Where Eagles Deer a listen to, I thought, well, it's going to be really hard to beat. Then went and listened to Somewhere in Time, and I was like, yep, it's hard to beat, all right, but I'm going to go with Somewhere in Time as well. I think it's a very good Because we've done song. the um, album openers already. Correct. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't remember where we all put I it. Mean, you can, everyone can change their mind, of course. Yeah, because this is today. That was yesterday. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, um, caught somewhere in time again. It was pretty. I don't know how many albums I listened to before it. I know I had heard. I know I had heard Live After Death. So I don't know if that was the first album I really got or not. But when I turn that intro on, it just man, it, it, it just it just takes me somewhere. It's just it, it's it's just so lush and full and it, man that intro is just gorgeous you know and the 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 dual guitars playing through it just mm. that that line they play throughout and you know and then it kicks in pretty frenetically and something these songs have in common um, well obviously musically they're both fantastic songs both just phenomenal but the singing on Where Eagles Dare compared to Caught Somewhere in Time there's a lot of lyrics on both of them. But it feels like in Caught Somewhere in Time, Bruce has time to sing it if you had the time to lose. Whereas, you know, where Eagles Dare is, it's no one outside the rumbling sound. You know, it's just, it's so much quicker. And so Bruce really gets to sing more on Caught Somewhere in Time. The chorus on both songs, I mean, where Eagles Dare, he just sings where Eagles Dare. Caught Somewhere in Time, Caught Somewhere in Time over and over. So there's a little bit of a difference there. This is a really tough one. I mean, I really, really like both of these songs. But I'm going to make it a clean sweep here and call and go with Caught Somewhere in Time just because uh, 
And there's not much that separates them. They're both fantastic tracks. But if I was at a concert and they were only going to play one of them, I would definitely want somewhere in time, caught somewhere in time. So I do think that um, Where Eagles There is the strongest opening track that they had up until this point in time, though. Okay. Okay, fair point. You think it's stronger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You thought it was stronger there hasn't than really been that many albums before. But yeah, it's only four in. You thought it was stronger than uh Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Because... Up until, so up until so Oh, okay. I thought you meant Prowl, uh, I thought you meant up until somewhere in time. Okay, okay. I was going to go. Why wow, no, you I thought it was stronger than Ace's High? <laughs> okay. No. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Okay. So uh okay, so that uh, puts us uh caught somewhere in time as a winner here. Track number 2 on somewhere in time is wasted years versus peace of minds revelations and matthew why don't you take this one first all right so revelations uh, this was a song this took a while to grow on me but i like there's a big crunchy riff to the start of the song and i really like the lyrics uh to this and the way that bruce delivers them that just a babe in a black abyss, no reason for a place like this. The mm-hmm. walls are cold and soul's ground. They just it's always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like I might not have liked the song to start with, but I always remember that those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a track where if I'm in the car and I happen to listen to this, I love listening to that midsection, the music and the solos and this, and I'll just play this over and over again, uh, driving around. Yeah, Nico, he he's solid on this. You know, both the leads are excellent and the that harmony in the middle as well, like I was just talking about. It's fantastic. Um, and I used to watch this on Live After Death a bit. I remember Bruce is showing how earnestly he plays his guitar that apparently wasn't plugged in. Yeah. Uh, but then Wasted Years. So this is just a good, solid rock song. Uh, it's got that, I don't know, I'd say, iconic intro to it. Sure. You know, how good is that intro? I've said it before. It was good enough that they used it three times in a song, you know, <laughs> beginning middle and end yeah uh but one of the things i like about wasted years is the lyrics and the insight that we might have had into adrian's headspace at the time sure you know he took talking about being a stranger to himself and all and I, I keep thinking back to you know there was adrian that grew up and he's just a man playing guitar and then there's adrian smith uh the iron maiden lead guitarist and i can see how you separate those personas mm-hmm. or it seemed to and that, that's why he's a stranger and all but musically, it's just a pretty straightforward rock song. and It's been my favorite song in the past, whereas Revelations never was. Yeah. But for this, there's just too many solid elements to Revelations, I think. You know, the music, the, the lyrics. Okay. Bruce's delivery and the melodies and all. So I would have – I like Wasted Years more. I would listen to that more, but I would give it to Revelations because I can see that it's a, a better structured song. It's just more impressive overall. So oh, wow. your revelations thing, which surprised me. I wouldn't have thought that was going to be the case, but I had to sit back and really think about it and just give it some revelations. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I have to listen to the next person talk, but Kirsty, what do you say? Oh, you know me. What do you think? <laughs> Let me go ahead and write down um, wasted years. <laughs> not, not what he said. No, not yet. <laughs> I've, I've always said that wasted years is one of my favorites. And I've said it, it's a perfect song. Um, and I've also argued with it on Twitter about why it's better than Revelations. Um, but I've listened to them. I had to listen to them both yesterday because 
I just really, you know, Revelations is a very strong song. Sure. And then when I played them both together, I thought, well, for this weekend, actually, I think Revelations are just more, it's just more interesting, more maidenly. So I, I surprised myself. Mm. Um, I'd say that it's probably uh, subject to change again. Because Wasted Years has often been one of my favorite songs of all time. But there you go. Wow. Surprising. I, I yeah. didn't expect that. I'm almost speechless. No, wow. <laughs> Was not expecting that. To me, to me, Steve might be a wild card on this. And I thought, I didn't expect to pick what <clears> I had, but I was pretty certain you were going to go Wasted Years. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I thought I would too. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally was writing it down. <laughs> That's it. You sure you want to carry on with this, Steve? No, no, this is good. It's okay. Um, wasted years of great, again, like Matt said, the intro, it's, it's iconic. Um, very iconic. Lyrically, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very introspective song, you know, that, that so many people can relate to. I, I think that song is, it's a good song, but I think a lot of people really relate to it even more so because Iron Maiden doesn't have a lot of introspective, thoughtful, like things about, you know, looking back on your life and are you happy with where you're at kind of things like what Adrian did there. Um, <clears throat> the guitar solo in it is, you know, obviously one of, I think it's one of Adrian's best. He's got a lot of great solos, but man, that one's just pretty aggressive. Uh, Revelations is another fantastic song. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's got the, um, I'm trying to think of a big word to say. I can't think of it. The dynamics, you know, of the slow and the fast and the slow and the fast. Um, and, and I really like one of my favorite parts, you know, is the part, you know, where they come in like, da, na, na, da, na, na. Da, 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 da. And then they come in with the dual guitar line. Da, 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 da. I love, love, love that. Um, and, and lyrically it's very, it's a very Bruce song. It's very poetic. Uh, reminds me, doesn't remind me, but when y'all started, when Matt started talking about the lyrics on it, it reminded me of all the stuff he said about, uh, that sail in the seas of the sun or whatever. Um, yeah, I was thinking of quite chemical wedding. Yeah. Tired yeah. lyrics, yeah. But yeah, I, I really I and and this is a song that to me is be, most songs I like better are studio versions, but I think Revelations is better live because it's the, the fast part is sped up better, I think, on the yeah. on Live After Death. But yeah, for me, I'm gonna be the wild card here though, and I'm gonna go with uh another clean sweep, make it revelations for me too, so I thought I was going to be the only one choosing Revelations, to be honest with you. <laughs> I thought, because I thought, I thought there's no way Kirsty picks it. And I thought Matt will probably go Wasted Years as well. So that's, that's what I expected to do. Just when we first started talking about it, I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm just going to be going somewhere in time for the majority of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this may, uh, oh, I'm sure old Dino's smiling now. So at least he, <laughs> yeah, he Dino's like, I've, I've clawed one back. I'll show him. He's like, I told those guys, I told them. So uh, next up, we have Somewhere in Time's Sea of Madness, the second of three Adrian uh, solo rights, and um, Flight versus another Adrian song, Adrian and Bruce, Flight of Icarus. So, uh, Kirsty, what do you think? These are two really amazing songs. Um, 
So, yeah, like I love Flight of Icarus. It's a, an interesting story. And it's got some really good solos. It's a good sing-along chorus. Kind of catchy, accessible. Um, sea of Madness is a lot more interesting, though. It's got that bouncy bass rhythm. Um, actually, the solos are great on both, but they're really very special on the Sea of Madness. And um, probably that one's quite um, a lot more interesting lyrically as well, which we've talked about quite a bit before as well. And mm-hmm. Thought it's a, a continuation of Adrian's thoughts that he's having on Wasted Years. And yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, just a little bit darker. So um, I'm going to go with Sea of Madness. Oh my gosh, man! I, I don't. I thought I knew Kirsty, Matt. I don't guess I know her anymore, man. I, I was not mm. expecting that. Yeah, I'm having a bit of a weird weekend. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a stranger to you now. Yes. Yeah, but but now it seems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go ahead, Matt. What do you think? <coughs> Sorry, I, I don't think it's her. I think it's someone else. Right. <laughs> uh, so, flight of Icarus and sea of madness. Uh, so, flight of Icarus. So, this has been a long time favorite of mine. Uh, particularly, you mentioned about the tempos, the the way they're uh, sped up. Yeah, and so particularly the live after death version. I used to play the guts out of this on cassette i remember back in the day so it's just a solid mid-tempo track on the album on the studio album i still like it uh and if i remember correctly is this bruce's attempt at trying to have a, a commercial hit back in the day of this album where he was pretty strict about keeping that pace and not wanting to have it sped up i think I'm adrian sure I was the one who didn't want it yeah. sped up oh is that what it was i, oh, okay. I thought it was steve uh, wants to speed it up yeah, that's what I thought, but I couldn't remember for sure. Steve and Nico. <laughs> yeah. Um, can't help it. Yeah. But I like all the elements of this song. I like Bruce's vocals in it. I, I certainly like the guitar, and oh, I love Dave's ending solo on this as well. You know, Bruce sounds good at it. He's got an awesome scream towards the end. Mm-hmm. And Sea of, sea of Madness. So I was thinking about the lyrics on this one, and I don't – I don't know that I ever really bought into this being a wasted years part two. I know that you've talked about it and you can make a case for it. Wait, you mean I didn't brainwash you into thinking that? Oh, sorry, you did. Sorry, can I retract that? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do buy into the fact that this is probably wasted years part two. Sorry, I forgot myself there for a moment. It's going to be one of us. One mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. You know? No, I don't buy into the fact that this is really a, a part two. I think if you look for it, you can find it if you want it to be. Um, but lyrics aside, there's some good, good music in it. I think the reason I never really got into this song though was the main riff. That just never really into I do like the rest of the song. I like those. I like the chorus and that little breakdown section where it's all kind of dreamy and Bruce is ooing. You know, it's madness. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I like all that. But overall. Um, I think I'm going to go Flight of Icarus. Even though it's shorter and it doesn't have as many twists and turns, it's more straightforward than what Sea of Madness is. Yeah, I'm going to go with Icarus. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I'm with you on Sea of Madness. I do, I do, you brought that part up where he's, you know, it's madness, the sun don't shine and all that. It's kind of dreamy a little bit. I like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really like the aggressive nature of the guitar. There's not a lot. They don't really have, this is very un-Iron Maiden in a way, the way that, that riff, 
I mean, it, it just sounds like a hard rock band playing that song when it starts out, you know, and of course, you know, that Steve's bass is very prominent in the mix and it sounds really good. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's, uh, I mean, I think that was my, my thing that I th- came up with. I thought myself was sea of madness does feel like to me, a continuation of wasted years to a certain degree. It's definitely the same line of thinking, at least, you know, he's his headspace. Um, and even later on when he does Stranger in a Strange Land, maybe the title there is how he felt in the band or, or something. I don't know. But um I really like Sea of Madness a lot. I like I like it's it's the um minor key feel, the darker feel of the song. But it's up against Flight of Icarus, though, and and Flight of Icarus was the first Iron Maiden song I ever heard. Um and and I'm I'm one that I much prefer the version on peace of mind than I do on, on, I think it sounds pretty rough on, on live after death, the background vocals, especially cause you know, you got really great harmonized Bruce vocals on, on the chorus on the album. Um, the guitar solos in the song are just really, really good. You know, the, the ending, you know, the guitar solo at the end of the song, you know, Bruce's scream, you know, it's, it's a fantastic song. It's a really, 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 Fantastic song. Um, man, this one's freaking tough. Yeah, two fantastic songs. I mean, I've We're got, talking this up more than what I expected. I thought this would be a hands down winner for you. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've already got it marked on my page, but I'm talking it. I'm just talking it through. Mm. Um, hold on a second here. It's we, like the struggle within. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, they're both, yeah, they're both great songs. Uh, but only one's greater. <sighs> Let's see here. Uh, so you're the tiebreaker on this one. I am. Um, I got to say, something else I love about Sea of Madness, because I'm really thinking about the songs. You know the end of the song when Bruce is just, Madness. Mm. So I got to just say, my heart is lying there and will be till my dying day. I'm going with Sea of Madness. That's what I figured you were going to do. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought you would. That that that's what I had written down, like, uh, but, and yeah, and, it was a and, and I don't do that, and and I know I know old, you know our our dinosaur friend is gonna probably think he's gonna think that you know that we have it in for him, but man, I mean I know I, I talk a lot of smack, but I mean you know this is my favorite band, I, I love I love most of these songs. Oh, Back before um, I got involved with this podcast, I would have just said. All the albums from Killer to Seven Sun were my joint favorite. <laughs> but like when you start really to think about it, yeah, one of them's going to win. Then, yeah, it, it's something you, you can either sit around. Yeah, you can either sit around and talk about it, or just say, "Oh, they're all awesome." Oh, Fear of the Dark's an awesome album. I think that's the. I, I really think that's what that is. Is people that don't think about it. That's why they say Fear of the Dark's great because they just think of Fear of the Dark, the song. Yeah. Oh man, Fear of the Dark's awesome. Okay. <clears throat> so the next song is I'm going to go ahead and call this next one to I won't say that I'm sorry I won't I don't want to I don't want to influence anybody here mm. um, but let's go with we got uh, somewhere in times heaven can wait versus peace of minds die with your boots on and um Matthew why don't you go first 
Heaven Can Wait. Now, this is a divisive little song. Um, so some people seem to really like it. Some people seem to really not like it. Uh, and for me, I think it depends on how I'm listening to it. Am I going to listen to a studio version or a live version? Because to me, they're two very different things. So this song, I guess, is built for a live version because that's how it works for me in a live environment. This is another one where it's very wordy. You know, Bruce is spitting out lyrics left, right, and center. Everything's moving really quickly, uh, which is too much for me. It doesn't really work. The Heaven Can Wait solo, uh, sorry, chorus, yeah, repeating the same thing over. It's maybe a little weak for me. I've uh, kind of touched on that before. I really do like some of the music in this, though. And the whole whoa part, you know, that, that's all well and good, but it's the music underneath that that I really get into. I really like. Sure. It's all subtle guitar. Then we've got Die With Your Boots On. It's got an awesome crunchy riff to it to start off with. And I'm I'm glad this made it onto the Made in England 88 version, so I've got a an official live version of this because I, I really like this song. Everything about it. Uh, it's got some real aggressive solos in it, some aggressive uh, melodies. I think Bruce sounds good. I have no issues with the gang chorus that's in it, the gang background vocals. Um, but it's not a knockout punch against Heaven Can Wait, but I'll give it the win. For me, it's still going to be Die With The Boots On. Okay. I've never, I've never thought about the the background vocals and that really being called gang vocals. I mean, to me, if you want to hear bad gang vocals, just go listen to, uh, you know, from here to eternity. But chains uh, of misery. Yeah, yeah, you it's know. solid. It's just, uh, they they're very uh, upfront as far as backing vocals go. I think on this, that's why I relate to them as being gang gang like. It's vocals that aren't Bruce, because normally it's just Bruce doing the mm-hmm. backing vocals. Yeah, it's got to be Adrian and Steve. But live, it always just sounds like Steve. <laughs> yeah, gonna die. It's, it's quite shouty. <clears throat> yeah. So so what do you think, Kirsty? Um, I think like they're both good songs that I like, but they're not God-tier songs. And yeah, they have both got a bit of a gang vocal aspect. Um, and neither of them got the best chorus. Yeah. But Heaven Can Wait, it's got that really lovely intro. I really like the atmosphere on it. Um, a lot of that's down to what I've mentioned before, the guitar synths and production, which is something I really like. And um, it's got that really lovely, moody solos on it as well. Um, but, um, yeah, I think live, Heaven Can Wait is better, but we're doing the albums. Um, and Die With Your Boots On, that's a good song. It's got, like, quite a really interesting solo, a bit different. Um, I listened to the two back-to-back. I wasn't really sure which one I preferred, but um, I actually went with Die With Your Boots On in the end. Okay, okay. I don't know if that really surprises me there. Uh, but <clears throat> Heaven Can Wait is, I mean, it was on both of our lists last week, Matt, I believe. Uh, the whoa oh part is really awesome. The intro's good too, like like Kirsty mentioned. Um, yeah, the the Bruce's vocals, it, it's it's another, it's just really really quick paced vocals. It's it's where it it feels like 
in a studio setting, Bruce could pull it off because he could probably, you know, sing a couple of lines and then do a second take of the next lines or whatever. But I, I was thinking this was the battle of probably the, the 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 probably the weakest battle on the album. Like the first three were all super strong, and both I think both albums took a dive to a certain degree here. Um, <clears throat> Die with your boots on. The pr- the production of the album, I know some people don't like it. I, I, I like as soon as I hear the you know, it's it's you know, and then it comes in with uh, Steve's bass really prominent again, you know, especially well, you know, peace of mind is all over it anyway. But um, I'm not the biggest fan of the verses of this song. I'm not the biggest fan of the chorus of this song. Did you mean that you said the verses the first time? Are you talking the verses or the chorus? I'm talking both. Another prophet of disaster. Oh, you know, who, okay. I, I'm, I'm not a huge, you know, huge fan of it. I don't hate it, you know, but I don't love it either. Uh, the chorus, I think the chorus is actually better than the verses. Just Bruce singing by himself. If you're going to die, die with your boots on. If you're going to die and all that. Um, but neither one of these is a. These are both songs that if I was listening to either album and I was in a little bit of a hurry, I'd skip. But if I had to choose one and I have to, I'm going to go with Die With Your Boots On. Oh, I thought you were going to pick Heaven Can Wait. <laughs> wow, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's Heaven Can Wait to me is just, uh, I just never, I, I would rather, you know, and the other thing that makes Die With Your Boots On better, it's shorter. <laughs> so. But yeah, I, I just I'm not a big fan. I, I I don't know that I've ever really been a huge fan of "Die with Your Boots On." So, but you know, it, it, but I don't you know. But there's some there's some nice you know the the line, the guitar line that starts it that because it's you know the, basically dual lead line starting the whole song out, which is cool. So um, next up we have uh, from somewhere in time. So okay. I wanted to say this too. Right off, you know, we're four songs in, and we're uh, we're we're at a tie, two to two, right now. So next up is um, somewhere in times, the loneliness of the long distance runner against peace of minds, still life. Um, Kirsty, why don't you take this one first? Still life. Yeah, we had to remove a song from the uh, Peace of Mind because it's got nine. Yeah, you could just random choice, take one out. You know, I figured because Quest for Fire is such a strong song, it's not fair to label it as the worst song on the album. I mean, so I just took out, you know, another song that is probably... Well, it was better than Moonchild, too, so it was a fair choice to take out, I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so... So loneliness right. of the long distance runner versus still life. Right. Well, I'm going to go um, back to when I was a teenager because mm-hmm. um, when I first got somewhere in time, I didn't really like the loneliness of the long distance runner. I um, mm-hmm. found it quite boring and um, I tend to skip it sometimes. And that's um, really grown on me quite a lot. Um, I think it's got quite a lot of interesting musical ideas now, and um, 
got a good musical inter- got that good interlude in the middle. Yeah. And um but I really liked Still Life when I first heard that. Um despite the stupid bit of Nico talking backwards at the beginning. <laughs> um it's just got a, a really creepy story. Um so it just kind of like really told that story to me and gave me the creeps a bit. It's just really different and unusual. Um, got that good Dave solo at the beginning to open it up. Um, and crucially, it was played at my first Iron Maiden concert. So I'm going to go with, even though things have changed and that only it's a long distance run has grown on me, I'm going to go with Still Life. It still wins for me. Okay. Matthew, how about you? Uh, so loneliness. I do like loneliness of the long distance runner. Uh, it has one of the shortcomings of it again, though, is it's very wordy and Bruce trying to punch out all these words in time. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why he, well, well they dropped it after one show, trying it once and then yeah. never came back. If he just couldn't deliver it all, uh, who knows? But I do like it musically. I, I, I still like his delivery for what he does. And I do like the song. There's some great music in this. Uh, you know, the lyrics, what's well, about it. It's from a short story. Um, so it's just kind of repeating something. It's already come from, from some literature, so I'm not going to add too much to that. Still Life, you know, that's from another short story as well. You get your little bit of a obligatory Dave Murray magic to start the song off. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever he seems to pen is something I generally like. Uh, the only problem I've ever had with this is that nightmares part where he says that with that layered vocal. And I think I mentioned that the other week, that's probably the weakest little thing in the song, but if that's all that's a problem, mm-hmm. it's not much of a problem at all. I love the, the music in this though. And Dave Murray in particular, like I'm usually more of an Adrian fan, mm-hmm. but I love his solo in this. It's just aggressive. Bruce does a good job. Uh, I can them but in this case i'm going to go with still life as well it's uh, always been a favorite all right for me i love the loneliness of the long distance runner musically like i think you know it starts off with that really nice you know what's a become just a trademark uh, for steve harris just a really long fantastic intros and it is wordy but i think when he sings like i, I like I, i'm like you i like the way he delivers it um i yeah, the chorus is is pretty fast paced too you know if you think about the 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 drumming you know it's just like run it's it's really quick and i really really like that musically there's a lot of great soloing in it there's it's just it's one of those songs where it just goes all over the place musically and i i like i like the journey that it takes me on um still life i don't really care for the intro too much um it's not a song that i've really loved a lot uh, i'm not a huge fan of the chorus i think i even included that on my list last week you know and and especially that one little dumb will give me peace of mind thing i was that, i was waiting for that that was thrown yeah, yeah. <laughs> um not a big fan of that myself um really this is easy this one was easy for me i guess this is going to be the first time 
that I'm on the losing end of one of these. So I'm, I'm going to be the renegade here and say the loneliness of the long distance runner. So, uh, there's some great harmonies in that too. In that song oh that yeah. 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 There's some fantastic guitar, dual guitar stuff in it, man. It's just, it's, and you know, it, and when yeah. I think, when I think of that song, I think of, of my long distance runner friend, uh, the, um, the Kiwi, he might the guy he might be listening to this while he's eating dinner. It's tea. Yeah, yeah. But he, I was just thinking, uh so this song it it kind of reminds me of um the red and the black, the music in this, like the the harmonies that they have going later in the song. I think the chorus I think the chorus is a lot better though. Well, yeah, only, it's, only the it's music interesting. Thing. I don't listen to the red and the black very often as you know, so yeah. yeah, the second half of that kind of reminds me of the music that's going on in this. Yeah, yeah. In a good way. Okay. Well, now, so, okay, so y'all both voted still live here. Okay, so let me... What's the count? Where are we at as uh, far as the total? Well, let me... Uh, I will give you a count momentarily. Uh, so right now, I have... I believe it's three to two now. Three to two in favor of the Dinosaur's favorite album. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. He'd be happy. Yeah. He'd be trying to bust out of his cell right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's his chains are off. He's trying to take the, uh, the, um, straight jacket off right now. He, <laughs> he might've busted through it. Yeah. He probably exploded through it. You know, <laughs> he might have, he's probably dancing around and, uh, he's probably, he's probably dancing around like Yannick right now <laughs> in his house. Like I told you so. I told you so. And he's probably laughing because I lost on that one too. So, I the lobotomy. The lobotomy. He wants. The lobotomy might have had something to do with. He's a big fan. He's a big fan of me having chains of misery. I guess so. <laughs> uh, okay. So next up, and this is where it's going to get tough because now, because of the the songs that we had to remove, it changes up the dynamics of what's going on here. So this is where it really gets interesting, Matt. Two giants within their own respective albums now. Yes, two giants. Um, first, hold on. Say, the, oh. say it with a straight face. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, first up, we have um, the last, the last song to ever appear on an album with an Adrian Smith write alone. Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land from Somewhere in Time. He said it will never happen again. Bit sad about that. Yeah, yeah. Up against. The dinosaur of a song. It's a mega. Quest for fire from Peace of Mind. So, um, uh, where are we at? Who went first on that last one? Kirsty, did you go first? Yeah. Matthew. Yeah. Matthew, why don't you go first here? Well, I'm just trying to think. What can you say that hasn't already been? Quest for fire is a song that's got it all. I can't think of many songs, if any other song. That's ever mentioned dinosaurs, in whether it's a metal genre song or not. Book the uh, dinosaur. Oh, okay. Thank, thank you for being here, Kirsty, and me <laughs> straight so quickly. <laughs> what about Barney? Right. Does Barney sing about dinosaurs? Barney. He <laughs> is a dinosaur. The big purple dinosaur. Oh, I think in the Flintstones. Okay, uh, he's well respected. Like this song. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Okay, so anyway, uh, but if you take the first line of this song out, like I mentioned last week, I don't think that there's anywhere near the controversy and uh, and dislike or disdain for this song. I don't know that some people aren't into the vocal melodies or anything. I don't mind it. Is it <clears> one of their best songs? No. And musically, it's fine. The way he delivers the the chorus and everything, it's fine. It's nothing stand out, but I don't think it's as bad as what people make out. But in this, going up against Stranger in a Strange Land, I don't know if there's really much of a comparison, and I'll be very surprised if anyone other than Dino is going to go against Stranger in a Strange Land. Love the opening riff, and this is just a solid, heavy rock riff. It has one of the best Adrian solos that I think he's done. Not the best, but it's up there with them. Um, it kind of plods along at its own pace. The only problem that I have with this song is where it comes – so it builds – the tempo builds going into the solo, mm -hmm. but then it comes back out and plods back down, back to mid-tempo song, the way it ends. And I, I wish it had just kept building into something and finished a little faster, but it is what it is. But having said that, musically, these two giants of their own albums, one leaves a bigger footprint in the mud than the others. <laughs> and you might, you might be surprised to hear that I'm not going Quest for Fire. I'm going Stranger in a Strange Land. Whoa. Sorry, Dino. Whoa. Right. I, don't know. I know. It's probably shocking. You're it's taking a stance here, Matt. You've I wish I'd had my diaper on. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Dino <laughs> has his on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you all saw it coming, but yeah, big surprise, Stranger in a Strange Land. Oh, boy. He's not dancing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, Kirsty, what do you think? Um, I think Quest of Fire is not that bad, is it? One of the things it's got, I think it's the first time that uh, they use an intro and outro that's got really nothing to do with the rest of the song. Um, Good but point. that's really fast. Um, lyrics don't bother me at all. They sing about what they like. Um, it's just. There's a lot of good stuff on this, like the um, guitar harmonies. Mm -hmm. And I think even though it's not the best written song, Bruce does his best with it. He perform it, performs it really well when it calls for a falsetto. He manages to pull that off. <laughs> um, everyone's performing it really well, but it's, it's um, you know, it's up against Stranger in a Strange Land, which is, um, you know, it's just iconic, isn't it? Like, brilliant riff at the beginning um and yeah one of the best solos the way it duets with the bass there is just yeah one of the best solos that they've ever done oh yeah um yeah unfortunately i'm gonna have to say stranger in a strange land is the winner here <clears throat> okay okay and for me Matt pointed something out about Stranger in a Strange Land that is probably, it's just the song, it's, it's, a, it's a good, solid rocker. And the, Adrian's guitar solo in it, again, is one of his high, you know, probably highest, one of his higher regarded solos. It's just very aggressive, uh, fantastic solo. Um. The song also has something very few Iron Maiden songs have. It just it fades out. <laughs> so that's uh, mm. and I, 
I'm this you know, strangely enough, this is another song I've never been a huge fan of. Like I like it. I love his guitar solo in the song. You know, I I, I like that whole I like the no brave new world, no brave new world, and that bah, da, 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 that kind of plotting part right there. That that's really good. But um, you know, it, it's it's never been a favorite of mine. And okay, so this could go either way then for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um Quest for Fire, it's obviously, you know, it's obviously like Matt said, it's made a huge footprint on the album. Or maybe dinosaur print would be better. I don't know. Dinosaur footprint. <laughs> um, and I think Matt's right, though. If you take out that first line, it's a really strong song other than that. It's, you know, the way Bruce sings the melodies are, uh, man, I, 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 it's just fantastic. And even the chorus is good, you know? And then there's a lot of really, really good musical interludes throughout the song. I, I never, ever. Yeah. I was going to say the guitar melody leading into those solos is, is pretty tasty. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I guess I, I never would have thought this would have happened. <laughs> Are you going to start chewing on Dinosaur? <laughs> Get a feast? I think I'm going to go Team Dinosaur on this one, though. I think I'm going to go Quest for Fire. Oh, I think, oh my God. I think Dino's just lost his you-know-what. <laughs> he needs a diaper on for that. When when I told you I was having a cup of tea, why didn't you tell me to switch it up? Like I could do with a stiff drink right now. Sorry, Dino. That that sorry, Dino. That was something called a joke. There's no way I would vote Quest for Fire over Stranger <laughs> to Strange Land. Um, the the vocal melodies I think are pretty bad. They're pretty pretty crappy. Uh, I've never written any better ones, but hang on, you you are talking about Quest for Fire. And yes, um, so the chorus, the chorus. I don't really care for. I mean, it, it you know it's got a fantastic band playing it, but this is probably the best band playing the worst song they could possibly play, you know, maybe till up till this stage in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather listen to Charlotte, the harlot <laughs> than the quest for fire. I just, there's some nice guitar melodies in it, you know, and I just don't even like the, 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 the way the music sounds when they get into it, you know, dun, 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 yeah, uh, sorry, Dino. You know, uh, sorry to make you, you know, probably crap your real pants after you took your diaper off, thinking you were safe. But um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 just I can't imagine. I mean, and I, and I don't mean this as an insult to Dean. I think you do. No, no, no. What I'm about to say. I mean, the rest of it's just in fun. I don't think I can't see any sane person choosing. <laughs> Quest for Fire <laughs> over Stranger in a Strange Land. I, I just I I really can't because it, there's maybe Dean's not a sane person. I can't even I, I don't even think Dean could say that. I don't think Dean can say, yeah, Quest for Fire bests Stranger in a Strange Land. And it's not even my I'm not even a huge Stranger in a Strange Land song fan song. Uh, ah, song of uh, ah, let me say it. I'm not even a big fan of Stranger in a Strange Land. Like, it's not one of my favorites. But, I mean, over Quest for Fire, like, really, you... 
I mean, the whole the whole thing about him being in a padded cell with Eddie, you you'd have to be in a padded cell to choose this over Stranger though. Matthew, are you there? Yeah, I'm back here. I heard some weird noises go through. Okay. Okay. So uh yeah, so that's yeah, I just you know, I I guess I don't know, maybe maybe uh Maybe maybe well, the, maybe taking the trooper off wasn't the best idea. Well, here. You know, you know get, it's funny. It's funny you say that. I was gonna, I was gonna ask, is this maybe just unfortunate for Quiz for Fire? Is it just a matter of song placement where they put it on the album that it was never going to stand up to uh, Stranger in a Strange Land? Yeah, that's what I'm is thinking. It, that's what I'm thinking. It's, yeah. it's really just that. It's just where they yeah. put it on the album. I mean, if it was up against battle. like something like if it was up against say Moonchild or. The evil that men do, yeah, or something. You know, what about your least favorite somewhere in time song, "Heaven Can Wait"? Oh, that was the easy one to think of. <laughs> no, but what about "Quest for Fire" up against "Heaven Can Wait"? Man, you've that... got "Whoa O's" in "Heaven Can Wait." Yeah, you do. You're going to beat a song that's got "Whoa O's" in it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. There's some good musical stuff in "Heaven Can Wait." Yeah, it's just. Yeah. I mean, look, well, I. I... <sighs> Wolves, Trump dinosaur. This well, is kind of oh, I've tried to be incredibly positive about. Oh, you it, know what? But... I got one. <laughs> if you put Quest for Fire up against From Here to Eternity, I'll choose Quest for Fire. Serious straight yeah, face. Fair play. It's fa- I mean, actually, up against probably quite a few songs on Fear of the Dark, but we'll, we'll just leave that to we'll let Sleeping Dogs lie. <clears throat> Okay, next up we have Deja Vu versus Sun and Steel. And this is like kind of two shorter songs up against each other. And uh, both of these, I think, are, I think both of these are kind of highly regarded, but I think they're also both kind of underrated as a way, in a, in a bit, in a way too. So, um, Kirsty, uh, no, Matt, Matt, you first. So, Sun and Steel, this is a very upbeat little song. And, so my thoughts on this changed, changed quite a lot, actually, after I saw Made in Texas play this live. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, almost a year ago. No, that was back in, was it Halloween? Halloween, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this would have been a really good song live. Like, I don't mind it. It's catchy, and there's some good melodies and everything on it. There's nothing really wrong with the song. I think that where the song kind of falls down within the context of the album is that there's a lot of strong material and peace of mind, obviously. And everything has a place, and this is just lower down the line. Sure. But I, I can't really say anything bad about it, because I don't think there is anything bad about it. I like the lyrics. I like the the vocal delivery. I like all the melodies. Um, but then we're going to put it up against Deja Vu now. So the problem here is that it's got some Dave Murray credits to it. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem that Southern Steel is going to encounter. Because once you've got some Murray magic, you're not going to beat that. This has melodies, harmonies, great vocal deliveries. This song is catchy as, and I couldn't say anything bad. There's no down point to this song for me, Deja Vu. And it's what, you know, it's my favorite. I've mentioned that a couple of times. My favorite song off of this album. And yep, I like Sun and Steel, but it's not going to take anything away from Deja Vu. It's just. This is a knockout for me. This just punches its lights out. Deja Vu wins. Wow. That's a... Murray. Murray Magic. 
Yeah. He yeah. comes around every couple of years, but it's special when he does. <laughs> Murray Magic. What about you, Kirsty? Uh, yeah, I know you, you guys have mentioned that Deja Vu is like your top song on the album, but um, it's probably in my lower half, even though it's really good. I think I, I love all the songs on Somewhere in Time. I'd, I'd probably rate them all five out of five like abs. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, it's got the Dave Murray bit. It's really catchy. Probably not the best lyrics in the world, but it's a it's a good fast song. Um, Sun and Steel that's probably in the lower half for peace of mind for me too. Um, but it's it's just a really interesting subject. Um, it's just a it's just a really happy song. I think um, I'm actually going to choose it. The, chorus makes me feel really happy what about the verses you killed your first man at 13 how happy does that make you <laughs> if you're an iron maiden fan lyrics like that do make you happy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's <clears throat> it's one of those happy songs matt you know like pillaging <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking <laughs> i'm gonna break you both in two yeah, yeah. that's uplifting exactly exactly definitely well for me deja vu versus sun and steel I- i've always been a big fan of sun and steel um I, like i said uh when i saw made in texas play at that time i was um i was very happy to hear it because uh Maiden never played it. So um it, it was just it was incredible to hear it live. <clears throat> and I like the song. It's 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 a it's just a fun, quick paced, uh, happy song, you know, in a way. That, that as happy as killing your first man at 13 can be. You know, it, it's definitely got a uh a, a positive vibe to the the way it sounds. Um and deja vu like Matt said, you know, it's another Dave Murray song, you know, with that nice little intro. And then it, when it kicks in with that, it kicks in with that dual lead line, you know, and that is phenomenal. I I, I love Deja Vu. Um, there's probably a lot, a lot of stuff I could say here, but uh, there's just not a lot I have to say because I, there's no way I would choose Sun and Steel over Deja Vu. I would be happy to hear either one of them live. Um, but I would be happier to hear Deja Vu live. So um, so for me, that's a very easy call. Um, it's Deja Vu for me. So so that right now, let's see where that puts yeah, us right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We were one to one, two to two. Is it still a battle or is the... Well, then, then we were at, at two to three with Peace of Mind Ahead. Then Stranger won. That was made it three to three. So currently, Deja Vu puts it at four to three. So okay. So um, we have a have a little bit of a battle here, Matthew. And th- th- this last song here could either make it a tie or could uh, be the knockout punch. And to mm-hmm. do that, we have from somewhere in time. Uh, the song that uh, my good friend Bruno called Iron Maiden Paint by Numbers, Alexander the Great. He brainwashed you. <laughs> he brainwashed me. He kind of did that. He did. He, it's kind of affected me. 
Um, versus it just makes me cross every time I think about that. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and and it's up against um, the song on uh, Peace of Mind that I'm going to say would. I don't know if I would say it would be James Frazier's favorite song from Peace of Mind, but he really is into all that. Um, uh, he really likes Dune. And I was going to say Lord of the Rings stuff, but it doesn't it has nothing to do with Lord of the Rings, so never mind. Um, but I think he does wear those weird ears when he's walking around in New Zealand. <laughs> so, so uh, Kirsty, why don't you go ahead and, and tell about uh, which song works for you better? Which wins? Yeah, it's probably going to be hard for you steve but hard for me in a different way because I, I think they're both really really good yeah um the thing with to tame a land was it wasn't until we did the last album battle that um i realized exactly how good it was and how much i did like it mm-hmm. um whereas with alexander the great i've just always absolutely loved that song so um I'm going to go with Alexander the Great still because nobody can brainwash me. I still think it's an incredible song. I <laughs> um, <laughs> just love everything about it, just like the, the opening march. Um, just a really amazing instrumental section. I don't think there's anything paint-by-numbers about it at all, actually. I, I told but, yeah, I could see um, lyrically, they're both not that great. So yeah. there isn't that much in it for that. Yeah. I, what I told Bruno was if that was paint by numbers, it was pretty damn good paint by numbers. It's, I was just thinking that. Yeah. I wish I could paint by numbers. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So Alexander yeah, the Great. I, I wish you'd never heard him say that phrase. I know. It just, it's, it's, it's also a very um, controversial phrase to throw out there, you know? So I, I do kind of like saying it to people just to see their reaction. But, but, but there's a part of me that, that, you know, I think Blackie Lawless was an honest guy, and I feel like he wouldn't have been saying that if if uh, if there wasn't some truth to it. And he was around those guys, I'm sure, because you know he was managed by Rod Smallwood as well. So I, I think there's some truth to that statement about that album because they just got done with the Power Slave tour. They literally took like a month off or something, and then they came right back to do this. And you know, Bruce was burned out. Um, Adrian was obviously burned out, you know, by his. Well, so Adrian came to the table, though. Well, sure, sure, but <laughs> but you know, you <laughs> can hear it in incredible his, songs. You can hear it in his lyrics where he was. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, nonetheless, so, I've, so I maybe being tired for him works. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, Matthew, what about you? I like both these songs. Uh, I do think one song is stronger than the other. Uh, I think one is gets less maybe recognition um, than the other. Definitely. One has a very cult-like status mm-hmm. that I just don't kind of understand. So with Alexander the Great, I wonder, it's like the the song that hasn't been played that everyone wants to seem to hear the most. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if part of that, is this the longest song? I think it might be. On that album? It's, it's pretty close to Cost yeah, Somewhere it, in Time. They're pretty close, I think. It is. I said, so they're pretty comparable. Mm-hmm. I just always looked at it. I know it's not like the epic track. It's the longest track, or thereabouts. And it's good. You know, it's got a some great music throughout it. 
but I just don't think that it's the be all end all that it's made out to be. I think it's just a solid track. I don't think it's one of these tracks that's out of this world. I do like the chorus. It's simple, mm-hmm. uh, but it's done really well. Then we got to tame a land. Now to tame a land's got a real flavor about it. I think that this, like when they paint the picture out, you know, sandy environments and I get a real desert kind of theme, not just from the lyrics, but the sound of the music as well. And I love that the riffs that are in this as well, when they're played by themselves without the, the rhythm in the background. But Steve Harris, geez, he's all over the place in this, in a good way, the way he's playing in this. Love it. His bass lines throughout this track. And Bruce, I think Bruce is on fire in this song. The way he's, I know that we've said some of the lines can be wordy, but I don't see this holding him back. And the way he escalates his vocals, by the time that he gets to that line, um, he'll he's the ruler of the stars, he'll make it all end. I love it. It gives me goosebumps even thinking about it. Uh, I'm a fan of Dune anyway, so I would have been real happy to see this, that they had put a song to about this uh, novel and about the movie. So for me, I'm going to go against the grain. Probably most people would go with Alexander the Great, but I'm going to take To Tame a Land. It's always been a song I like. Like I said, I like them both, but I do like this more. Okay. Okay. Happy, uh, Dean. Happy. <laughs> for me... Back in the day, To Tame a Land was not a song that I was really ever into. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I think it just kind of, uh, I don't know. It was peace of mind. When I, when I got peace of mind, it was weird because Live After Death kind of brainwashed me. Like, I liked all the songs that were on Live After Death. Mm-hmm. And the other ones I just didn't want to give as much attention to. Even, even, um, even where Eagles dare, it was just like, I, I don't know why, but it brainwashed me for a long time since that's a popular word here. And, uh, is this where it all started? Was it, so it's really live <laughs> after death that started all the brain. Yeah. That's where I was starting my Iron Maiden brainwashing sessions. And, um, but over time, you know, just going and listening to the song and musically, it, it's a, it's a fantastic journey that you go on into Tama land. Now, lyrically, you know, lyrically, it literally, it just does nothing for me. You know, there's, I know, I know you and your frigid King had browned a chariot yoke and all that stuff. And no, that's a, that's the Alexander that's the great. The Whoa. Do you want me to insert, do you want me to say these for you? Yeah. What was the, Deeb and, Quizat's Hadarak. The Quizat. So you can go on and Caladan and Gomjabar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think there are any winners here, lyrically. Yeah, I oh, mean. See, I think there is. You're following the, the story from the movie and the novel. you got to be faithful. Yeah, I but, just tried to read the novel, and the first two pages were just like all, the, all of the words that come from this song. Mm. And I just thought, oh, I can't be bothered. That's why it's so good. Good job, Kirsty. Glad to hear oh, something. I thought something. you were clapping for me. Well, well, good job, because I couldn't be bothered to read a book. I don't yes, know, yes. I, cause I, two, two pages in. Because, because at this stage, I'm sure James might need to be wearing a diaper after he just heard you say that, Kirsty. <laughs> James, like myself, knows that this is one of the greatest sci-fi novels ever, but you got two yeah. pages into it. But thanks for trying. Yeah, so. You're welcome. 
so look, and, and and honestly, Alexander the Great is a song that helped me in school. You know, I, I at least got to sound like a smart kid every once in a while because I knew something really random about Alexander the Great. Uh, and if only you know, if only new people, if only people knew where I got it from. But um, I think musically, Alexander the Great is is a great song. Um, and it's always just been one that I loved. And, and like you said, it's kind of got that cult status to it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. I'm actually having to think more about this than I thought I would. See no, I thought this was going to be an easy one for you. If I'm I not cho- going to say which. If I choose. Uh, I think they're really close. Yeah. Um, they're both good album closes, I think, too, within the context of each album. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It uh, all rests on this, doesn't it? Tupac said, shock the people. I'm going to shock the people, Matt. Oh, what I'm the- not ready for another shock. Are you going to shock Dino? I'm going to tame a land. That shocks me. I didn't see you picking that at all because you've I, talked badly about this before. Yeah, and I think not badly. I like the song, but I, lyrically, I talk about it badly. And I'm I think what what what's putting me over the edge here is musically. Yeah, Steve because Harris. Is that I'm, why? It's a little bit of um. <clears throat> what's putting me over the edge here a little bit might be uh, a- another guy you've heard of named Bruno McDonald. Um, I, I just think, I, I don't know. I think it's a tame of land is just musically like you listen to it. It just, it really takes you on a journey. Like you said, it kind of brings you to that middle Eastern place musically. Um, mm-hmm. I love Alexander the great too, but the big problem here is, uh, is, is, uh, we're going to have to end this like a, is like a, like a football game now in a tie. I, I don't. Oh, ha- how, how, I didn't how can have any fix this. I, I didn't have any tiebreakers set, so you know. Um, I guess this is what I'll say, Dino. I hope you're happy. You know, and 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 you know what it says is I, I saw a comment on um, Twitter yesterday, and they were talking about peace of mind and and somewhere in time kind of being the two albums that weren't thought of as highly because they said number of the beast is thought of as this mammoth album power slave mm-hmm. mammoth um, seventh son mammoth and caught somewhere in time and peace of mind. Don't get quite as much as, as much of a boost. So um, you know what? Uh, fair game. You know, it, it's a uh, even battle here. We got a uh, to tame a uh, land takes it and that gives peace of mind for, and that gives, Somewhere in time for Matthew. So, what so. would happen? What would you gravitate towards more as an album? So, not song by song, but album wise. Mm. You know, honestly, neither one of these albums is one I gravitate to all the time. Oh, is that right? Okay. I mean, I, okay, I, I I gravitate towards somewhere in time. Yeah. Okay. I would. I would too. Well, <clears throat> I'll say it this way. I think everything that's been said is what can be said. I mean, we did the album battle fair and square. Uh, so I guess uh, on that note, guys, um, uh, uh, Kirsty, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Matthew, the flip-flop thong horse guru, 
the Zulu Lulu himself. On behalf of Kirsty, the um oh crap, uh the historian, the official historian, historian and translator and translator of the podcast. I thought you just called Kirsty oh crap. I hope you didn't do that. Jeez, that's not gonna be my new nickname. No. <laughs> no. I'll be happy. Hi Maiden. Yes, yes. <laughs> from Eddie and from the boys. in life are bad they can really make you mad other things just make you swear and curse when you're chewing on life's gristle that grumble give a whistle and this'll help things turn out for the best and always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Always look on the bright side of life It's quite absurd And death's the final word You must always face the curtain with a bow Forget about your seat Give the audience a grin Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow So always look on the bright side of death Just before you draw your terminal breath All right, come on now. You didn't think that we were really going to do this episode and take out the trooper and leave in quest for fire. I mean, the trooper is one of the best Iron Maiden songs ever. It's a fantastic, one of the best metal songs ever. Quest for fire, as we all know, could have been left off the album and we would have all been, you know, better for the journey. 
So what we're going to do now is finish the album off the way we were supposed to finish the album off. We have to change a couple of these tracks to make it the battles that they would have been. And this changes two songs because the last two were still the same. The two before it are different. So we're going to redo those two songs right now and get the real results for this album. So next up from somewhere in time is the loneliness of the long distance runner versus the trooper. What else? So Kirsty, what would you choose in the battle of the loneliness of the long distance runner and the trooper? Well, I think from what I've said about the loneliness of the long distance runner, um, so that this is against the trooper, the song that I heard that I thought so was ama- was so amazing that I immediately had to buy Live After Death, buy all the T-shirts, buy the posters, write their name on my pencil case. <laughs> and, you know, obviously the trooper is going to win. Okay. Now, uh, Matthew, what would you choose in this battle? Uh, so it's it's a tough one. One strong's got I uh, sorry, one strong. <laughs> one song has some awesome uh melodies in it and harmonies. But the other's an iconic metal song. Not not just maiden, but metal in general. And as much as I think that it's uh, overplayed in my mind anyway, I would still go to the trooper. I can appreciate it for what it is. It's just a, a great metal track. It's got it all. Except the chorus, a proper chorus, lyrical chorus. But it has everything else going for it. Solos, melodies. It's iconic. Everyone knows how to sing along to the chorus, though. (laughs) Yep. It doesn't matter what language you speak or where you're from. You can always uh, chant along with that one. That's the truth. That's the truth. So for me, look, I love The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. I think it's a fantastic song. I mean... I chose it over still life and I can't choose it over the trooper though. The trooper is like you said, it's an iconic metal song. The the chorus can be sung. I mean, the guitar lines in that song, the soloing in that song, man, it's just, it's just an incredible, incredible song. So that leaves us with the trooper being the winner here. And, The prior battle, well, let's just let's, let's let's skip that for a minute. Let's go ahead and go ahead and finish this out first. Stranger in a Strange Land versus Still Life. Now, I'm really interested to see how this one goes. So, Matthew, what do you choose? So, I said what I said about Stranger in a Strange Land is still a solid song. Uh, do I think it's better than Still Life? No. I think Still Life is a better song. One that I prefer anyway. I was going to say, is there a whole lot more going in it? Uh, I'm within it, complexities and all. No, they both got their, their slow parts and they pace up. Uh, but I just prefer the overall tempo of Still Life, and that's the winner for me. Still Life for you. Okay. Kirsty, what do you think? This is um this is very even because I I do really love still 
life. But um, I'm going to go with Stranger in a Strange Land for this one. Okay. Stranger for you. And for me, I am also going to vote with Kirsty and go Stranger in a Strange Land. It's just, it's a, if I had to choose between the two songs, I would easily choose that song. So, I think the general consensus would be that most people would. Yeah, yeah. So now what does that do for our album battle here? Okay, so you got Caught Somewhere in Time wins the first one. Revelations wins the second. Sea of Madness won track three. Die With Your Boots On won track four. Uh, track five would be The Trooper. Track six would be Stranger in a Strange Land. Track seven would be Deja Vu. And track eight was To Tame a Land. So what does that tell us? A, it tells us we have a tie. B, it tells us that Quest for Fire must be as good as The Trooper. Because the trooper didn't even make a difference. So there's got to be a way to decide this. And I think I have come up with a good way to decide this. I just thought of this as I was talking. I think it's the only fair way to end this episode. (laughs) Kirsty, would you say that having Quest for Fire is a plus or a negative on Peace of Mind? Negative. Matthew, plus or negative? A plus. I'm going to call it a negative. (laughs) As Pot of Thunder would say, it's like a kick in the crotch. (laughs) So being, Matthew, that there's two negatives on here, two negatives overcomes a positive. So I am going to have to just declare, by (laughs) default, because of a negative, that Somewhere in Time is the official winner of this album battle. Cheers, everybody. You've robbed us. Cheers. Cheers.
よ。